welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, now I'm joined by Dan Watts, who, of course, uh, is an Albion supporter. You may know him from 1878 underscore WBA on Twitter or 1878.net on the internet. <laughs> Where else would it be? Um, Dan, very glad to have you on to talk about West Bromwich Albion. Obviously, uh, my highlight of the West Bromwich season was I was there with you, which was great. We went and saw Liverpool. Um, but the season on the whole for the club seemed to be pretty topsy-turvy. As a neutral, it seemed very much tale of two halves of the season. The first half looked like you were challenging for Europe. You had Matty Phillips and Nasser Chadley doing the business. Rondon was scoring goals. He had a hat trick in a game. The second half, eh, maybe not so great. Um, yeah, I would say that it was more of a story of a mixed start. And then November, December, January, February were quite positive. In fact, no, with, with it, that's probably a slight disservice. We, we, it was very positive, you know, for, for a good three or four months. Um, we were taking our chances, playing some good attacking football on the break and certainly making use of plenty of set pieces. Um, but then since, since March has arrived, um, we have been nothing short of extremely poor. Um, and that was pretty much as, as soon as we hit the 40-point mark. In fact, it is, yeah, we hit the 40-point mark. Um, I think it was against Bournemouth. It was a 2-1 win at home. Um, and since then, we've won once in, won once in the Premier League um, over 11 or 12 games. So, yeah, it just sort of went downhill a bit. I mean, you get you get the old um, Tony Pulis on the beach statistic uh, of, of when when he's got a team to 40 points across the season, they usually fade off and finish between 13th, 14th and, and pretty much only win a couple of times again towards the end of the season. Um, and that, that pattern was pretty much exactly what Albion did. We were eighth and we were eighth by a long shot. You know, it looked like nobody could catch us really. All we needed was a couple of wins to secure eighth spot in the Premier League. And, at, you know, for, for a time it was looking like we might even challenge for seven for six and we really, really fell off. And, of course, we finished um, in tenth spot by losing to Swansea on the last game of the season. Um, yeah. But, but, yeah, but there were plenty of good times throughout the season. We won a lot of games at home by high score lines across November, December, January. We we beat Hull 3-1, Swansea 3-1, Watford 3-1, Burnley 4-0. Um, it, wasn't, it wasn't a bad season at all, if, if you look at it in that respect. Um, but of course, it, it's, it's not like we've just tailed off a little bit towards the end of the season. It's it does genuinely feel like we completely we just gave up. I mean, I'm not going to go over the top and fault the players' effort and say that they weren't trying, or because that would that would be unfair. But um, I think towards the end of the season, when you know you're safe, I think Pulis as a manager has to blood some youth. He has to be a bit more 
we needed to be able to free the players up in terms of tactics wise. We've done the job defensive throughout the season. Why not try and try and go for it in in a few matches? I mean, the amount of zeros that we got towards the end of the season, I think eight of our last eleven or twelve games we failed to mm. score. Um so for for a team that was supposedly safe, what is the for the fans at that point? Because we're out of both cup competitions. We know we're safe. So for me the only thing for the fans then would be seeing some good football and, and trying to enjoy the end of the season. Um letting our hair down and relax a bit and it just didn't seem like we were able to because we were still employing the stupidly defensive tactics under Tony Pulis and there are, there are those Albion fans that will pick up for Tony Pulis and, and that is absolutely fine. I understand we've finished 10th across the Premier League season but when you're paying the kind of money that fans do, like I do, I think I'm entitled to my opinion and my opinion is that Pulis ball is is really, really tough to watch when it's at its worst. And it just seems to me that when it's at its worst, we we, we really struggle to get away from it. We really do struggle to have that one game where we do something good with the ball and, and play attractive stuff in the opponent's half. And it it just didn't happen for those last... I mean, the last nine games, we, we lost seven and drew two. Um which is, it's it's pretty much indefensible, really. That That isn't how a team that's meant to be mid-table finishes a Premier League season. Um, mm. So, yeah, it, it is it is tough to really pinpoint an emotion, really, because it has been good, it has been bad. There's plenty of fans that, that are for Pulis, there's plenty of fans that are against Pulis. You know, it just it just seems like we're just plodding along season upon season and the attendances are suffering for that. Um, there's definitely, you know, a, a Premier League familiarity about how we are as a club and maybe the fans aren't so excited and aren't willing to renew their season tickets. The tendencies of the lowest they've been for maybe seven or eight years now. Um, and, of, of course, pricing comes into that as well and, and you know, what are clubs willing to do about bringing fans back. But it just seems maybe the one word I would describe the Albion at the minute in terms of fans, in terms of the players, maybe in terms of uh, the management team, um, is the opinion is is pretty much just divided unfortunately and it just doesn't seem like a solid base to be moving forwards in my opinion yeah uh, I mentioned when I got to get over there there was a fan that was sitting next to us that said he wasn't going to come back to the Hawthorns while Pulis was still the manager which is mm-hmm. basically the end result of some of the, the division you were talking about there should action be taken Upon that, I guess, is the next step. If people are already disgruntled and there are already fans that are saying they won't go, and as you mentioned, there were empty seats and stuff after that, um, is is the best thing for the club to get rid of Pulis and the inherent safety he provides to try to move further up the table? Because earlier in the season, we were talking about you were legitimately chasing a European spot. Um, mm-hmm. Then that kind of fell out of... Uh, likelihood, and then, as you said, you just kind of <laughs> you 
didn't really put up much of a fight for the rest of the season. But should you be dreaming higher than there? Don't get me wrong. Look, I'm a, I know that I'm a West Bromwich Albion fan, and I know that pushing for European football is dreamland stuff, really. Um, and we were close to that this season, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be wholly negative about the fact that we finished tenth in the league, or the fact that we've managed to compete with teams that spend a lot more money than we do. Um, but I do believe the club. If it was up to me, then it would be a perfect time for us to part ways with Pulis now and to look forward and to see if we could try and have a bit more of an exciting brand of football and get rid of the division amongst the fan base because I'm not sure the club realise quite how bad it is. The problem is the club see pound signs and to, to the point where they know that Pretty much every season, Tony Pugh's football will guarantee Premier League survival. And for them to jeopardise that when the money, when the, the, the game of football now is so business driven, would be potentially counterproductive for the club. And I understand that and I get that. But it is, that is again an example of the club being out of touch with the, the supporters. Um, and I understand why they have to do that from a business point of view, but they also have to understand that then we're not going to sell out then every every week, and and we are going to struggle to maybe entice certain kinds of players, um, and so we are just going to keep chugging along in this mid-table m- mediocrity um, until maybe a point comes like Stoke did five or six years down the line when they decided that they wanted to take a fresh, fresh approach and move on without Pulis. Maybe that's something that will happen with the Albion more down the line. But I think as it stands, I can't see us be relegated next season, but I certainly can't see us pushing top eight either. So it's it's almost like you're relying then on the cup competitions. And even then, we've played weekend sides again in the cup this season and suffered for it. And it's like, what? What is I'm I mean there will be fans of clubs across the land and I'm sure those listening who who, who support clubs that aren't maybe in, in quite the, the position we are and I don't want to come across like I'm sounding like I'm um you know like but I don't want people to feel sorry for the fact that West Brom are where we are or because I realise we are in a privileged position really in the Premier League but. That doesn't help the fact that I'm spending money doing something every week that is becoming a chore. And only clubs, for me, in my opinion, that have had Pulis as a manager will be able to relate to that. You ask any Stoke fan, really, how they felt towards the end of the, of the time that Pulis was, was at the club. And they will say they were probably losing interest in the game. Um, and add, add to that the whole the whole Premier League mantra of, everything's money-based, everything's for the, the TV fan. Um, the, the prices of matches are ridiculous. The, the, the cost of being able to um, get to... Uh, the, the cost of being able to get to matches, if you add, add to that on, on top of it. The, 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 everything just seems like it's money-based. The fact that we pay our, our Sky subscriptions, our BT Sports subscriptions... And then in turn get our own matches moved from the 3pm Saturday slot to, to ridiculous Friday night matches or Monday night matches or even Tuesday night. 
Sunday at 12 o'clock in the morning. You know, fans fans don't fans don't really want want that. It's it, football is being pulled away from what it originally was, and it just feels like at the moment there is so much discontent amongst the football fan that, as a working class football fan especially, the game is being moved in a direction away from what it once was, and a lot of people are struggling to relate to that. As much as I love their football club. I'll always be a West Bromwich Albion fan. It's it's becoming increasingly difficult to enjoy the fact that I love football and because I'm starting to think that maybe I could be doing other things with my weekend and that's that's not me. That's not certainly not how I've been throughout my life. If I've been able to get up the Albion, I mean I've always had pretty much had a season ticket. Mm. Um and and so, so it's really tough to to weigh up what needs to be done because the club aren't willing to make any changes in that regard because it's all about the money. But if we were to introduce safe standing, if we were to maybe employ a different manager, if we were maybe to play attacking football, if if we were maybe to you know offer season tickets at a, at a price which is fair for the region that we live in. I mean, West Bromwich lies in the second poorest area in the country in terms of, of economics. So well, we we do struggle to be able to get fans to the games when it's thirty nine pound a ticket, thirty nine pound a ticket plus paying for a kids ticket as well or or two two adults going to the game together plus a few beers plus a drink, uh, plus uh, plus some food or whatever during the day and plus the transport to get there. You're talking about even for a home game maybe one hundred and fifty quid. No, that isn't feasible in my opinion. And the clubs across the Premier League all need to realise this. And I've made this point many times. I'm part of the, the West Bromwich Albion Supporters Forum, the Albion Assembly. And <clears throat> I will <clears throat> I will continually repeat that I think that the, that the players are benefiting too much, agents benefit too much, managers benefit too much um, from Sky Money and from gate receipts and that the supporters of clubs need something back. Um, and because of the, the way the way it's going at the minute, we'll get to a point where it will stagnate and things will drop off. And sh- surely the clubs can see that long term. It isn't OK to continually have more expensive, more expensive tickets um, and expect the fans to just be, be OK with it. It's, you know... I'm I'm really struggling to see a future for the sport if things carry on as they are in terms of a, a a sport for your working class football fan being able to attend matches because I'm sure there'll always be a TV audience for football but mm. how exciting is that going to be when it's being played in front of half empty stadiums? Yeah, and, and one but, of the problems but, is the clubs know that regardless of how high the prices are, people will still come. Although what well, I guess just sh- saying it, Albion though is that that you, hasn't been the case because of the brand of football. You're right. You're right in that regard because people will still come, but it's a different kind of football fan. Right. It's the kind of football fan that won't go to a match and won't create an atmosphere. Now that's up to you. If that if you're that kind of person, you want to enjoy the football and you don't want to have a sing and you don't want to have a beer, that's absolutely fine. There is no problem with that, and there and there are supporters of that ilk across the land, and you know that's. That's that's absolutely fine, but the traditional, you know, football fan who goes to the, who works a long week at work, spends his spare money, 
on a few beers and watching the Albion, having a sing, meeting up with friends. That is, for me, the lifeblood of football in this country. That is what football is all about. Not not the stupidly high wages, not the corporate tickets, not not the players earning so much money that they become detached from society. It is all about the experience of being a football fan and that is not going to be there. And so if you want to go to a football, you're enjoying a product which is completely different to what it used to be. Um, and so for me, that is the whole reason why it's not just the Albion where this, this is happening. It's, it's clubs across the land. But, but my emphasis and my point is that with the Albion, it's probably worse because of the division amongst the fans in regard to Pulis. And because a lot of the time we're spending good money to come up and watch matches, we're having 25% possession. We're, we may be creating two or three chances. And we've seen another team put four in the back of a net or three in the back of a net and we're struggling to score ourselves. Um, so if you look at it on the whole, maybe I am even jealous of, of, of clubs that have got the money who are in the League 2 and League 1 who just go to matches and their fans go to matches to enjoy the game and if they win, they win and if they lose, they lose. And, you know, it, it's football isn't like that in, in the Premier League and it's uh, it's becoming increasingly difficult for me to justify putting my money into it at yeah. the moment because of the reasons stated. Yeah. Um, well, unfortunately, we're going to go back from that very deep conversation about the culture of football to talking about your summer signings last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Nasser Chadley and Matty Phillips, um, two of the, uh, as, as far as a team summer, I mean, th- th- those are two pretty good hits. Uh, maybe expected yeah. more from Chadley at times, um, and then Phillips obviously had injury issues. But um, on top of all this unfortunate stuff surrounding the club, that was some uh, fairly good bits of business there. Yeah, I think I think signing the Phillips is probably our best one. Um, he came up with lots of assists. He uh, he was always a willing runner and willing to get the the team up the pitch when we were struggling at the back. Um, he really. He came into his own a bit, maybe towards November, December, January time. He really showed what he was worth, and um, it's unfortunate that at the end of the season he's had injury issues, and we've not been able to utilise him because we might be able to pick up maybe a couple more points, such as his influence been throughout the season. Um, we, I think, with Chadley, I'm not going to fault Chadley at all. I'm going to blame Pulis, and I'm, I'm not sure if anybody wants to agree with this one or not. Um, Albion fans might some might not but for me Shadley's been played out of position on the wing he's not a winger he can't influence the game like he wants to from the wings um, maybe the idea for Pugh's behind that is that he'll see more of the ball on counter attacks but we need to be playing a system of football that is able to bring a player like Chadley into play a lot more we you know the, him him behind the strike or in attacking midfield role is perfect for him. Um, he's able to slot through nice, neat passes. He's able to take on a few players and have a go from a central area. He's able to intelligently use the ball to run in the middle of a park to then bring in the wingers who traditionally are, are there to beat one man and whipping a good cross in a purely side. So I don't think Chadley's been played in the right position. Um, I think we might have seen more from him if he had been. 
Um, but it's typical Pulis, isn't it? He, he, he plays players in, well, wherever he wants to put them, really. He signs players and then doesn't play them in in probably their most favourable position because it would suit the, the team for him as a whole if they were played in a, in a different role. Um, so going forward, I'm just hoping that Chadley wants to stay and that we can utilise him much better next season. Mm. <clears throat> well, the goal of him leaving Tottenham in the first place was minutes to get back into the Belgium side. And he got mm-hmm. minutes with you and got back into the Belgium side, which, uh, again, the year before the World Cup is very important. So I personally would be surprised uh, if he left, but I guess that uh, <clears throat> will remain to be seen. On top of them, I know you're a huge Darren Fletcher fan, um, but <laughs> there are... Don't even... <laughs> Not even jokingly? Okay. <laughs> Um, uh, he's not for people listening at home, (laughs) but, um, there are obviously places in the squad where it could be improved. What positions do you think will be added to in the summer? Well, if I, if I go through the team, goalkeeper, absolutely fine. Ben Foster and Boaz. He was terrific this year. It's unfortunate that, um, De Gea automatically won the, the, right. I'm not. Yeah, that's that's why he won because a lot of people are short-sighted and aren't willing to look at the abilities of a goalkeeper playing in a side that that has thirty percent possession every week and has to be called into action a lot during games. Surely that would make a better goalkeeper than David De Gea, who <laughs> who didn't I'm, even I'm, have I'm, a good I'm, season for himself. No, no, yeah, De Gea is a very very good goalkeeper. He has an average season. He stayed under a radar, whereas. If people are willing to go out there and look for a goalkeeper that's played well for 38 matches, they would be looking at Ben Foster, they would be looking at Heaton, they would maybe be looking at Loris. They wouldn't be looking for me at De Gea, but, but that's cool. Um, that's just a, a symptom of being an unfavourable club based in the centre of the country. Um, so, uh, I mean, a goalkeeper we find. Left-back, we play nigh on there at the minute. Brunt has played there occasionally. Um I personally think we're okay with Nyon there, but it would be better, I think, long-term um, if we were to sign a new left-back. So a left-back is a prominent position. and um, We've been looking at Charlie Taylor from Leeds, um, but but as as with the Albion Doomers argument, so very much we're willing to pay Leeds to sign him. Um, and then he'll, he'll be on a free transfer very soon at the end of the season. So he might well go to, to a tribunal, but then there'll be other clubs sniffing around, so he might have missed a boat. So typical Albion, will we sign Charlie Taylor? Who knows? But he, he would be a good addition in terms of on-the-pitch footballing ability. Not sure about his attitude. Um, his attitude at Leeds towards the end of the season when he didn't want to play, which is which stinks. But um, centre of centre of defence, we've we've got uh, we've got Wilson at the minute. Um, but he's going back to Bournemouth, who can play any role really across the back line. Um, of course, Johnny Evans, Craig Dawson, both fantastic players. Dawson being favoured on the right a lot of the time. McCauley is pushing age-wide towards an age where he will surely be have to be used as backup. Um, hopefully not. Hopefully he can continue what he's doing and, and be our first choice, but I can't see that being the case. So we're going to need centre-backs. Um, and for me, if we could play Nyam at right back and sign a left back and, and move Dawson into the centre, then that just solves that problem. 
without needing to worry too much. But um, a right back will be needed if Pulis wants to persist with playing triangle holes in diamond holes or whatever. I don't know what the what's the phrase square square holes round pegs. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I think in the middle of a part we we're fine with Livermore um, and Jakob. Um, Livermore probably tailed off towards the end of the season, but the whole team did so. You know, I'm not going to judge him too much. We'll judge him next season. Um, Jakob does exactly what he's meant to do very well. He breaks up play and passes it to a better player. The problem is when he's passing it to Fletcher, Fletcher's not a better player. Fletcher shouldn't be anywhere near the Albion starting eleven. I wouldn't even put him on the bench if it was me. He's, he's fell off so badly. He, he dallies on the ball. He gets closed there way too easily. He cannot pick a pass. He offers nothing really in terms of a of a, an option behind a striker at all, which Pulis has tried to play in there this season, which is a bit odd. Um, and so you're left with a player that's really great in the dressing room, apparently, um, and who's captain material, but unfortunately isn't able to display that in terms of playing ability. So for me, it's not enough, and we need to move Fletcher on. So a replacement for Fletcher would be ideal. And, and that might sound slightly disrespectful for a fan that doesn't, have Albion as their first club, of course, like me. But if Fletcher this season, especially last four or five months, has been really, really poor, and there's no blame attached to that for Fletcher. He, you know, I'm not sure he's going onto a pitch to, to purposely play bad football. But Pulis hasn't recognised that, and it's almost a jobs for the boys sort of role where because Fletcher's a, a great character in the dressing room, he has to play every week. Um, but I don't, I don't agree with that. I think you play your best team, and and when we've got a young lad in Sam Field as a ready-made replacement, brought up through the youth system, um, it is quite tough watching Fletcher play week in week out. So we do need reinforcements in in the middle of a part, maybe one, especially if if Fletcher does move on because he's yet to sign a new deal. I'm hoping he doesn't. Um, on the wings, we've got. Phillips and, and, and McLean are probably the most prominent with Chadley being played there. I would say that we probably need another another couple of winkers or we need to start putting faith in Jonathan Lecco, um, a, a, a young prospect of ours who hasn't been getting enough game time. Um, but, but I think the main role is up front. Rondon has struggled this season at times because he's the only striker in a Pulis system. I do sound like a broken record, but but you're expecting a player to play every week with his back to goal, trying to bring others into play, trying to also get on the end of chances himself, doing lots and lots of running, coming back to defend when he needs to. Um, and, you know, he, he, he's going to struggle some weeks and have off games. Um I personally think Rondon has had enough of his role at the Albion and not the fact that he's at the Albion. I think he's happy to be here, but I think he's probably had enough of the role he plays and, and with China sniffing maybe in the summer he might be on his way. If he were to leave, that would leave us li- with literally one striker in Hal Robson Cano. So we could probably do with about three strikers being signed in the summer. Um, yeah. Names. I mean... I wouldn't be able to really give you any names. 
just yet. I mean, there was talk of Defoe, but he looks like he's on his way to Bournemouth. Mm. But even then, if you do sign Defoe, he's a, he's a fairly lightweight player and feeds off chances in and around the box. And that isn't Pulis's way at all. So it's, it's tough. You need to sign players that are willing to come and integrate into Pulis's current system who are going to improve the team as well. Um, and uh, that are of the right age to get the average squad age, squad age down to to a number that's acceptable because we have, we have one of the oldest teams in the league now. So there are lots of questions to be asked, I think, in, in the summer and I don't have the answers, unfortunately, just, just yet. Yeah. Um, if you had to say right now, way too early, uh, three months from the start of next season, where you finish next year or what the goal is next year, what would it be? The goal is next year to stay in the Premier League always is. Um, and for me, we have to have a really good cup run. That would be great It's because it's the fan base needs reinvigorating and, and to get like a day out at Wembley would be fantastic. Um, we are going to get a day out at Wembley, I think, anyway, because we're playing Tottenham next season. But... Um, a, a proper day out, maybe a semi-final or, or push on in the in the in the cup competitions, um, because if it's another season like this in terms of the league, then it's not going to you know it's not going to make me want to. I mean, I'm not renewing my season ticket this year for the first time in God knows how long because. It's, it's okay for me making a stand and saying all these things about the club and, and what direction I think we should be going in and what the club aren't doing and then paying my season ticket money. It almost, it, I mean, it, it probably doesn't make me a hypocrite, but it, I have to question my motives behind buying a season ticket and the, the positives don't outweigh the negatives. Um, sorry, the, the negatives outweigh the positives, unfortunately, mm-hmm. at the moment for me. So, um yeah, I, I think for next season, we need to be doing as much as we can to get younger fans at games and to be getting atmosphere at the ground. Yeah. All right, well, hopefully uh, that'll happen. Hopefully, us uh, from start uh, giving out a better product that fans will definitely want to be doing the Hawthorns week in and week out. Um, that can't happen in the offseason, though. So uh, in this period of time, where can people find you? You can find me at 1878 underscore WBA on Twitter. You can check out our website, 1878.net. Um, and if you want to check out my personal account, because I'm such a fun guy, clearly, that's at the Watts 22. But I wouldn't follow me until after the 9th of June because we've got a general election going on and it's, I talk a lot of politics and that might be quite boring. <laughs> you don't need people sliding onto your Twitter talking about all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's real. <laughs> all right. Well, awesome. Thanks so much uh, for, A, hosting me when I was over there. Also for coming on yep, the show no, all season. Cool. Yep. Very yep. much appreciate it. My pleasure, mate.